The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field and deep. Geyer to the wall. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. D-Man Toy with a two-run walk-off home run. The Rays winning ways here at Tropicana Field continue. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. On the lineup, he pitches. Adamas launches one way up into the air into left field. This one's got a chance. Turning Benintendi, Willie Adamas. With his first big league hit, it's a home run against Chris Sale. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good morning. Welcome to our latest show on deck today. Nick Anderson on his success with his new organization. Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun will discuss the week gone by. We'll touch base with now double-A starter Shane McClanahan of USF. Look at Bowling Green with manager Ronaldo Ruiz. Plus, I'll chat with Rodney Linares about the defensive improvement of shortstop Willie Adamas. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball. Our feature guest this week is pitcher Nick Anderson. And first of all, uh, welcome to the club. Um, how much have you enjoyed the last couple of weeks? It's been awesome. You know, it's kind of settling down a little bit now. Um, you know, it was a little hectic at first. Just obviously traded like this last offseason and didn't really, my first year in the big leagues, didn't really expect to get traded again. So uh, that was kind of a different animal, you know, getting traded midseason. So, but yeah, I mean, ever since I've been here, it's, it's been awesome. I'm loving it. Everyone talks about what a comfortable clubhouse this is. And you seem so comfortable on the mound, so I'm wondering how the experience has been for you regarding this clubhouse and acclimating yourself. Yeah, you know, when I get out on the mound, I try, it's kind of the same no matter what. You know, everything else outside of being on the mound doesn't doesn't really matter. But to, to add everybody, like when I got here, everybody was super, super nice, gave me a big warm welcome, felt great, instantly got along with everybody. You know, I like to think of myself as a likable person, too, so, uh, you know, that helps. Um, but, yeah, everybody, you know, all the way, the staff, you know, all the coaches and all the players, it, it's been awesome. What has this year overall meant to you? I mean, here you are in your first year in the first year in the big leagues, and you've experienced so many great moments, and now with a team that's competing for a playoff spot. Honestly, I, I don't think I could really ask for any more. Just really, I just wanted the opportunity to, to get up on the – mound in a big league game and get my shot you know and then from there kind of whatever happens next happens next whether it's good or bad but at least I got my opportunity so to be able to start the year um, for the Marlins to give me the opportunity to start to start my big league career and have success right away was was awesome and then obviously I find myself in a trade with the Rays like like you said and then you know we're in a spot for for a playoff it's it's been a wild year i'm super happy i kind of i guess a little bit of a loss for words for kind of how the season has gone i i guess i never try to look down the road or you know try to say hey i want this kind of season i i really try to just go out and and do the best that i can every day and whatever the results end up being are the results you know you can't change that so to be to have the year that I've been having I guess I don't even really look at it as like oh I'm having a good year because I just think kind of in the day in the moment 
um, trying to trying to go go out and handle business every day. Especially as a reliever, that's obviously pretty important. When is let's look back then. When as a child, when did you want to be a major league baseball player? When when can you remember that? I mean, I've loved baseball my entire life. I you know, I've been asked when did you start playing baseball. I don't remember as far back as I can remember. As I've always been playing baseball, but probably things started getting a little more serious. I'd say around high school, high school years, kind of the velos. I've always thrown hard from even when I was younger, and so kind of just kept getting kept getting better. And then high school, I'd say probably around high school. Always a pitcher, and if so, what pitchers did you grow up wanting to be like? So I played a little bit growing up, and then I'd say through maybe junior high, uh, I played shortstop in center field, and then it kind of drifted off into just being a pitcher. Uh, I was kind of hurt a little bit my senior year of high school, so I didn't throw a whole lot, so I was just, just a pitcher. I think I did play outfield a couple times. That seems like so long, so long ago, but... Yeah, and then pitchers, I would say probably I love watching Randy Johnson, just lefty, just slung it, had had gas, and I'd probably I'd probably say if I had to pick one person, I'd probably say Randy Johnson. As you converted into a reliever, is there any reliever who you loved watching, and if so, who? Not really. Uh, I haven't even growing up. I watched baseball, but I was never a, a big fanatic. You know, I didn't know all the players, and I'd watch McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, you know, but I would never, I never really sat down and just stared at the TV and watched a bunch of baseball games. So, as far as as far as a reliever, I don't. If I, I guess, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Mariano. Is that? I mean, it's pretty hard to compare to that. You're right about that. You have had some amazing turns in your life to get to this point. Can you kind of briefly summarize what you went through and how much it means to be where you are? Yeah, you know, I, I think everybody everybody has a different path in life to, to get to wherever they want to go. And some are worse than others or some are longer than others. And I kind of... Not that you try to get into trouble, obviously. You, you don't want to get into trouble. But with, with all of that, it, it just I kind of took it as, as a lesson and going through it and take the, take the positives out of it in the sense that instead of thinking, as, thinking of things as, as mistakes or regrets, looking at them in more of a positive light and saying, okay, well, this happened, so what am I going to learn from that? Or or how am I going to change? And that's kind of, and and that's what I did, you know, and you just take time. You got to make sure you take time and and do some self-reflection. And, and ultimately, it kind of comes down to what your goal is, what, what you want to do. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't have the goal to be a big leaguer or that want, you know, things could have maybe not changed. You know, I, I could have got in trouble and just kept whatever, you know. And I knew that for me, I had to make 
changes if I was going to continue my path to the big leagues and, and keep chasing that dream. So for me, you know, I didn't drink for almost three years and it kind of, I mean, that kind of taught me that, you know, going through college, it's, it's partying. It's, it's kind of, that's, that's a norm. You know, even if you're in sports, it's, it's still, everybody, everybody drinks. And to, and it kind of turns into like, oh, you have to drink to have fun. And it's pretty easy to fall down that path along with everybody to kind of, you know, when I stopped drinking for almost three years that I kind of learned that you don't have to drink to have fun. You know, everybody always, everybody always says that, you know, your parents, parents always tell you like, hey, you don't have to drink to have fun, you know, but it always, it always means more when you learn yourself. It always seems a little more impactful. So that kind of taught, you know, I still, I still went out with friends or, or whatever, but I just wouldn't drink. And also kind of something else that came along with that was the peer pressure too, that everybody would still, a lot of people would still try to buy shots for me or, you know, give me a beer. And I would just laugh at them like, hey, you're wasting money. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to take this. That, I think just all of that whole learning process kind of, it made, it made me grow up and made me stronger and have more of a, I don't want to say willpower, you know, but, you know, kind of that I found myself a little bit more. I was more comfortable with who I was. You know, I think that happens for a lot of people, and it's kind of just one of those maturity, maturity things that comes with age. Were there particular people, though, that were especially helpful along the way? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I could probably name 15, 15 people. I, I had a really, I mean, obviously my family, of course, but even outside of that, some friends and friends, family, that were super supportive and never and, and didn't ju didn't judge for what happened and um, I don't know if it was you know they knew the kind of person that I was I just got tangled up in a bad situation like wrong place wrong time type of thing it's I've been very thankful for for the people that I've come across in in my life in the good ways and bad ways too because the bad ways have taught me taught me lessons as well so I think that you have to have had, though, tremendous passion for the game because you weren't getting chances in baseball, probably because of that. And you had to go through the Frontier League and a men's league and then get back to independent ball. What allowed you to get through that, and how much passion did you realize you had for the game by going through that? You know, the the biggest year, I think, that kind of helped me find find the love for the game again was in 2015 or 14 excuse me in 14 when I when I didn't get an independent ball job and I ended up just playing amateur ball in Minnesota that really was the year kind of that I started just having fun and playing again because the first couple years 2012 and 13 in Rockford in the Frontier League I was kind of is when I got drafted didn't get offered a contract it was just kind of one of those things I was trying to press um, a lot going on, you know, probation from being in trouble and, and all this stuff. So I was kind of like this, I don't want to say this super narrow path, but, you know, it felt like I had to be so perfect 
in order to to get in and to get into affiliated ball. So I I, I pressed a lot at, at, during that time, and then so in, in 2014 when I didn't find a job and just worked around Minneapolis and played amateur ball. It just I mean it's amateur ball, so it's not you know um, eyes aren't on me. I'm not trying to get necessarily picked up out of amateur ball. I don't know if any, but I don't know if that's even happened. But <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, I met some great people too that that's who I played with for the Tri-City Shark. Just kind of had fun again. And that kind of, I, I was still starting too at that point for them. And it, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of sparked, sparked having fun again. And then when 15, when I went to the independent ball show, Indie, I think it was called the Indie Pro Showcase, something like that, and I think it was right outside of Fort Myers, Florida. Went there and just threw, threw an inning back-to-back days, I think, and I kind of had the mindset already to go to the bullpen. That was So then I ended up getting signed out of there, and they, the, uh, the manager for the team, when he called me, he was like, yeah, he's like, hey, I think it's best for you to be in the bullpen, and I was laughing because uh, I had already kind of figured that. And my old pitching coach, Coach Pratt, had been telling me for a few years, like, hey, I think, like, if it's going to work or if it's going to happen, you know, I think it's going to be in the bullpen. So so what did you use? Basically, use two pitches, as most bullpen guys use, right? Fastball and a breaking ball. Mm-hmm. How were those pitches unique to you, and how did they evolve? Yeah, so uh, previous years I've actually thrown a changeup too. So it's, I've been asked on that a few times, and, and I said uh, I'll probably break it out at some point. It just uh, hasn't hasn't come out yet. But the the fastball's always the fastball's always been there. You know, I think just kind of like growing into my body a little bit more, and just kind of understanding how my body works has kind of helped my velo jump from you know, four years ago or whatever. So, and the curveball, actually, I used to throw a different curveball, and then with the Twins, they were trying to teach me that they wanted me to throw, like, a harder slider, and then it kind of turned into, like, hey, try to throw a cutter, that kind of thing. So I started to try to throw a cutter. My forearm kind of started getting a little tight, so I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not going to mess with that anymore. But I kind of modified the cutter grip a little bit just started throwing the crap out of it and it turned and it turned into a curveball so that is still the current grip that I use well it's been fun watching you use it for the Rays and you've obviously dealt with a lot to get to where you are and we're happy to have you with this group and hopefully for many years to come we appreciate some time and this week in Rays baseball thank you very much and I'm glad to be here that's Nick Anderson. We'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Race Baseball Network. Neil Solon's with you on this week in Race Baseball. Time now to take a look at the week gone by. Joining me from Fox Sports Sun, calling the game today with uh, Dwayne Stats is Doug Wechter. Doug, thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. How you doing, buddy? Good, uh, especially after the Rays found a way yesterday. I mean, what an amazing accomplishment it was. 24 strikeouts, no walks for the pitching staff, a major league record. I don't care who you're doing it against. That's pretty incredible. Right. You're talking about a team coming in in Detroit that's 29th offensively in the big leagues in pretty much every category, and they're just struggling uh, mightily. 
But that said, I mean, to put up 24 strikeouts just in yesterday, yesterday's game over 13 innings, but how about walking zero? Uh, the command was there the entire game. Ryan Yarbrough set the tone early, did a great job, and then handed the ball off to a bullpen that was absolutely dominant. And uh, I'll tell you, that was some of the best pitching I've seen in a long time. It was fun to watch. And uh, hopefully the offense can scrape out a couple more runs and that pitching can stay the same. Let's touch on the guy who began the game, who you mentioned briefly in Ryan Yarbrough. How has he impressed you this year with his growth and where has he grown the most? I think the command is uh, just as good as it's ever been, if not better. You know, he goes out there and he's so aggressive with a guy who only throws 90, 92 tops throughout the game. Uh, to look that dominant at times, you know that his command has to be on point, and that's what it is. But also uh, the way that he commands the inside corner. He's not afraid to go inside corner, especially to the right-handers. And that's where he becomes very aggressive using that cut fastball in on the hands. And he gets to a point where these right-handers just don't get comfortable. Uh, it goes to show all those kids out there who are watching the game that you don't have to throw 100 miles an hour to really be effective in the major leagues. You know, Ryan Yarborough goes out there with four different pitches, but he executes every pitch. He stays in sync. Uh, he has a delivery that is extremely repeatable, but he's also very aggressive. You know, he's not afraid to pitch to contact, and because he's pitching to contact, that's one of the reasons that he's been so successful this year. How much has had to do with his conviction and his belief in his pitches? Because it seems like his confidence, his mound presence, all of that is improved over a year ago even. You know, he's a guy who does not hesitate. When he gets on the mound, he knows exactly what pitch he wants to throw, and he's in attack mode the entire time. I feel like a lot of times when pitchers go out there and they're more deliberate, they think through every single pitch, that's when you can get yourself in trouble. That's when some self-doubt can creep into the mind. And with Ryan Yarbrough, when he goes out there, there's just none of that. I mean, he goes out, and he's usually in sync with whatever catcher he has behind the plate. Last night it was Zunino, and you hardly see any shakeoffs. I mean, these guys have a great game plan that they're willing to go out there, execute, and believe in. And because he's so prepared and also because he believes in his stuff so much that uh, there's just no hesitation on the mound. He gets it. He goes. And, you know, the way that he throws strikes, his strike-throwing ability also helps the defense behind it. Uh, these guys are always on their toes, ready for the ball to be hit because they're not just lulled to sleep by a pitcher who's continuing to fall behind or finding himself in bad counts consistently. You know, Ryan Yarbrough goes out there, he gets the first strike the majority of the time and works the batter off of that pitch. So really uh, a conviction behind every single pitch and conviction in the game plan that he has. Uh, he's been doing phenomenal, and hopefully he can continue this stretch all the way through the rest of this year. Really needs to in some sense. I mean, you've got him and Charlie Morton, the Razor, depending on in large part, Doug, because of the injuries to Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow, and Yanni Chirinos. All right, you're right. Now, I saw Glasnow throwing a little bit today, so there's probably going to be some kind of an update on him, but still, he, he's going to be out for a little while. Uh, you're hoping Snell will come back at some point in time in September. Those two guys can be such a big part to this rotation, if healthy. And then Chirinos. Chirinos' injury, to me, kind of came out of nowhere, and he had been throwing the ball so well, getting deep into the games, which was you know vital to this team because he's a guy who could eat up innings and take some innings away from that bullpen who has been throwing so many innings over the course of this season. So, yes, I agree that, you know, with Ryan Yarbrough going out there and being able to swallow up six-plus innings pretty much every time he goes out, that's huge. Uh, between him and Morton, that's what they're going to have to do. Now, with Morton, he's such a veteran guy. You can almost pencil him in and say, okay, we'll, we kind of expect this from him just based off of his resume. 
But with Ryan Yarborough, I mean, this guy, you know, obviously he had a great year last year with 16 wins, but the majority of it was in the bulk role to where that he would go out there and get a win with possibly three to four innings and not have to go that six, seven innings. Mm -hmm. But this is what we're seeing from him this year. Now we're seeing him extended out into the six through almost, I guess, almost nine innings um, last time out or two times ago. Uh, and it's just been very impressive, and it's been very, very important to Kevin Cash and the rest of this team for these guys to go out there and eat up those innings. Tyler Glasnow, by the way, you mentioned him throwing his first bullpen tomorrow, so hopefully that's another step in the right direction. But either way, the offense is going to have to be a whole lot more consistent than it's been, Doug, to be able to get through this because four games this week they scored two runs or fewer. The other two they scored seven and ten. They need to be able to put up four or five runs to take the pressure off the pitcher. Well, I 100% agree with that. You know, the first game of the series, not getting any runs, getting shut out, you can kind of chalk that up to, hey, you were on the West Coast and the Rays had to come back, maybe a little bit of travel fatigue. Okay, I get that argument. Uh, but then last night you go out there and you see him go against Jordan Zimmerman, who was 1-8 and eight on the year coming in. I mean, he had been struggling the entire time. And in the back of my mind, you know, I know a lot of other people were thinking this, okay, well, they're going to knock Jordan Zimmerman out of this pretty quick hopefully put some runs on the board early, get Yarborough the lead, and see how deep he can get into the game. And, you know, unfortunately, that just didn't happen. The Rays' offense has really, really been struggling. Uh, obviously, with runners in scoring position, that's been a struggle all year. But it seemed like the last couple of games, it's just getting to second base has been tough enough. So hopefully that will change today. Um, they got a guy on Matthew Boyd in Detroit who's throwing today. He's given up 30 home runs on the year, mm -hmm. seven home runs in just his last two outings. So you got to assume that the long ball might come into play, and hopefully it will for the Rays. And we don't know what the Rays are going to get out of Trevor Richards, who's going to make his race debut. Yeah, Trevor Richards, you know, he's very interesting to me. His record doesn't look very good at all this year. But that said, I mean, look, the guy has a four-and-a-half or roughly a four-and-a-half ERA. He has the ability to throw the ball well, and he's interesting because he has a changeup. His changeup is one of the better changeups in the game. He relies on it heavily. And this is a guy who throws his changeup almost 40% of the time. And for a right-hander, you rarely see that combination of forcing fastball and the changeup. But uh, opponents only hitting 2 or 3 off that pitch so far this year. So I'm going to expect him to go out there and utilize that pitch a lot, possibly even pitch backwards to some of these guys uh, in that Detroit lineup. And, you know, that Detroit lineup is so aggressive, and we saw it last night and the last two nights, really. Uh, the swing and miss is definitely in play going up against the Tigers. And so you'll expect Richards to go out there today and hopefully get through at least maybe four, uh, four innings and then hand it off to a bullpen and uh, see what they can do. Doug, thanks for a few minutes. Have a good call today. We appreciate some time. Anytime, brother. Good talking to you. That is Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun. Let's pause right now for station identification on the Race Baseball Network. WTAE St. Petersburg, WBTP HD3 Clearwater, W224BE Brandon, and W237CW Pinellas Park. Coming up on the show, former USF standout Shane McClanahan, Bowling Green manager Ronaldo Ruiz, and Rodney Linares on Willie Adamas' improved defense. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Well, we continue on This Week in Rays Baseball. Time to take a look at things on the minor league side. The Rays have had several good stories in terms of individual pitchers uh, within their system, and one of those was uh, one of their top picks from last year, and that's Shane McClanahan. Shane, thanks very much for a few minutes. Oh, thank you for having me. Tell me what this year has been like for you. You've gotten the chance uh, to move up to three different levels, from Bowling Green all the way to Montgomery in your first full year as a pro. Well, uh, you know, this year has been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of really cool guys along the way, you know, played with a lot of great teams. And 
I think this year, for me, has been all about learning so far, you know. Besides the fun, I've done a lot of learning about the game and about myself. Tell me what it's meant to, while you're learning, get promoted, because the Rays have traditionally been an organization that hasn't moved guys up that quickly. It obviously says something about you, but also the fact that they've moved you up not once but twice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the learning is uh, just kind of hand-in-hand hand with the promotions. You know, you learn how to pitch out there, and you learn how to get guys out for a strike, stress the defense, and, you know, good things happen. And I think the Rays are rewarding me and a few other guys with uh, with the learning and the promotions just go hand in hand. You touched on learning. Give us an idea as to how you think you've grown this year um, as a as a pitcher and a person. Well, uh, this year I have one goal, and that's uh, that's to prove that you know I belong and that myself that I can throw strikes. And this year has been you know it's good for me. It's, I've learned that you know just fill up the zone, trust your stuff, trust the defense behind you. And, you know, good things happen. Plus, you know, not trying to strike everybody out. Just fill up the zone and pretty much just let people hit the ball. Now, don't be afraid of contact. Contact is good because, you know, when you have a group of guys like I do behind me that'll make every play for you, it's easy to pitch. What? Who's been most helpful in helping you grow and realize that? Because I know the Rays have a lot of good coaches within their system. Oh, do you have time for me to name them all? <laughs> who, who have been the ones that maybe have had the greatest influence on you? Uh, just to just to touch on a few, just the sheer uh, uh, my GCL pitching coach Bastardo, I have Jim Paddock from last year, Brian Reese, Doc Watson, and now I have uh, RC. So it's it's been a very very good year for me, you know, with pitching coaches and just coaches in general that have uh, always wanted the best for me, best interests in mind, and you know have been there to help me along the way. What's the competition level been like for you? Because obviously coming out of USF and being somewhat of a local product. Um, you played against some high competition. You, you, how is it different, let's say, from last year to this year? You know, it's a, it's 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 a little different, but baseball's still baseball. You know, you got to go out there no matter what level you're at and execute pitches. And uh, you know, I don't care if you're in the GCL or you're in the major leagues. If you if you don't go out there and hit your spots and trust your stuff, you're not going to have good results. From a a stuff standpoint how has your stuff changed uh from what i remember when you were drafted you were a three-pitch pitcher are you still that way and how have your individual pitches have you altered anything grips things like that since you've come up well uh, i think since i've been drafted i uh i, I didn't really have the best feel for my changeup in uh in college and you know one of the emphasis is, emphasis the race put on me is uh you know trust your stuff trust your grips trust everything you have and you know just Trusting my stuff has helped my change up come such a long way, and I love throwing that pitch now, and I've gotten some really good results with it. So I think I think what I've changed the most is just trusting my stuff and just trying to fill up the zone because you know a ball in the in the zone is a lot better than a nasty changeup that you might have uh, thrown in the dirt, not going to swing and miss on. So just trusting my stuff and just really working with what the Rays have taught me so far. How about the competition level among the uh, pitchers within your organization? You know, the reputation that um, you guys have, you know, talking to guys like Joe Ryan is, uh, and Josh Fleming, guys who've also been promoted multiple times, is a lot of you guys really try and help one another out. Who among the, the other pitchers has been helpful to you and, and vice versa? Uh, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the competition in the Rays organization, you know, amongst pitchers is, it's just it's it's fun, you know. Everybody wants everybody to succeed, and everybody's a great dude and wants to you know be around each other every day. And 
you know, we hang out off the field. We go get lunch together and everything like that. Go get food, hang out. So, you know, it's, it's that, you know, it's, the competition is there, but it, you know, it only motivates you and, you know, makes you want to be a better teammate, a better person. So I wouldn't think the competition is bad in any way. In fact, I think it's making all of us a little bit better. Yeah, Joe Ryan told me that, you know, he learned, let's say, when uh, Hunter Wood, before he got traded, when he came down for a rehab, he learned, you know, from him a little bit about his cutter. And he said there were other guys who he's learned from higher levels, he's learned from guys at the same level. Who's your catch partner and how, or catch partners since you've been at different levels and how, how have those guys helped you? My go-to catch partner is uh, Michael Plassmeyer. You know, him and I, him and I are planning on live together, you know, next year in spring training and everything like that. And uh, he's a great dude, great dude. You know, he's, he's always picking the brains of everybody around him and trying to figure out what we can do better. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's helped me learn a lot, of, a lot uh, learn a lot along the way, you know, watching the way he goes about his business, the way he uh, just throws strikes, mans the ball, and changes feet. So I think Michael Plassmeyer is my go-to guy. Is he similar personality-wise? You guys are both left-handers, right? Yeah, you know, lefties have their you know uniqueness and stuff like that. But I feel like him and I are pretty similar. We get along pretty well. As a fellow Southpaw, I certainly understand that uh, the importance of having <laughs> Southpaws you can trust. Hey, you also have some guys from from USF within the organization yeah. too. Um, how much have you communicated, whether it's Phoenix Sanders, who I know just got moved to AAA, or Brett Wisely, who recently got drafted, and what does it mean to have guys from the USF system in the Rays organization? You know, I think I think having a lot of USF guys in the uh, in the Rays organization says a lot about USF itself. You know, local school, local products, and I think USF has done nothing but produce high quality talent. So, I think that says a lot about USF and the product they got going through there. In you know. That says a lot about the staff there with Coach Mullen and his recruiting staff. Of the moments, and again, we're chatting with Shane McClanahan about his uh, first full year in the Rays organization. Um, of the moments you've had this year, Shane, uh, what has stood out the most? Um, because I know you did get a chance to pitch in your backyard, basically. Um, I think, man, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of moments still this year to be uh, to be had, and you know. W- we got a good playoff race coming up here in Montgomery, and you know we're looking to take home the Southern League title. And we got a great group of guys here, so I think uh, I think that that chapter of this season is still uh, still being wrote, so we're oh. still being written. So we're uh, we're excited for that. Of what's happened so far, though, did it mean a lot to you to pitch down in Fort Myers since you grew up in Cape Coral and probably uh, were a pretty close distance to that ballpark? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think it was. Uh, it was really nice for my family to, you know, come to every game pretty much and see them. And, you know, I told myself, don't get too comfortable. You know, it is it is just a uh, road pit stop around, along the way. So, you know, enjoy while you're here. But, you know, you got to do everything you can to uh, get to the trap. So you know, I just use it as a learning experience. Well, obviously you've done a lot of good things this year uh, in working your way in that direction. We certainly appreciate some time. and. I wish you a lot of success. The Montgomery team already is qualified for the playoffs, so hopefully there is a nice run toward the Southern League title. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Neil. And that is Shane McClanahan now with the AA Montgomery Biscuits and one of two starting pitchers in the race system to work at three levels this year. The other is Joe Ryan. McClanahan 11-5 and this year with a 290 ERA and 145 strikeouts in just 112 innings. Now, five Rays affiliates have a chance at the postseason, including Bowling Green, and their manager is Ronaldo Ruiz. Ronaldo, good to chat with you again. Uh, thanks for having me, Neil. What does it mean? I know you've been through this a lot, but what does it mean to the kids to be in a playoff race uh, down the stretch, and how do you think it helps them grow? 
Well, I think it's very important because, uh, you know, um, they every game is going to be very important for us. And, 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 and when you start playing those type of games, it, it helps your development a lot, you know. And I think, the, you know, the kids are, are aware of the situation. We, you know, we try to clinch and, and try to make the playoff. But, you know, you have to go one game at a time and hopefully we can we can achieve that. You've done this with probably more turnover uh, than you guys have had in quite a while at that level, am I right? With a lot of promotions. So I'm I'm sure that has to feel pretty good. Well, definitely. I think, you know, our, our job is to, uh, you know, uh, um, prepare those guys for, uh, to the next, to send it to the next level, you know, and, and, and that's our, our goal. Our goal is to uh, um, make sure that uh, every player uh, the opportunity to develop and, 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 and and move to the next level, and, and when when guys uh, get promoted, uh, that you know make you feel proud and, and make you feel like you know you're doing your job. And you've had a lot of guys who've been successful, not only at your level, but in being promoted to others too. You recently got a couple of players through trade, and I want to touch on those. Uh, Ruben Cardenas, um, an outfielder you guys got from Cleveland in the Hunter Wood trade. What have you thought, and what did you think of him when you watched him on the other side? Well, that was, uh, you know, uh, when we saw we faced him a lot uh, early in the season. He was playing for Lake County. And, um, you know, I was impressed because, you know, he's only 20 years old, 21 years old, and, and the way he was, uh, uh, the way he played the game and, 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 and uh, the way he um, played the, the right field and also offensively, I was impressed with him. And, and then when we uh, um, traded him uh, to us here, and I was excited and, and and you know he's, he's even better. Once I got it, you know, once we can play with us, he's, he's impressive the way he go about his business. He's very mature, mature for his age, and also he can uh, uh, contribute to the team offensively and defensively. Encouraging sign. And you, I know you also got um, a pitcher who's relatively new to your organization. Was it Nathan Witt from the Dodgers in the Casey Sadler deal? His numbers look pretty good so far. How has he pitched? Well. So far, so good. I mean, the kid uh, uh, make a lot of strides. Uh, uh, you know, he's a bigly arm right there. He throws 97, 98, and now he's learning uh, a slider that is uh, working really good for him right now, and it's uh, making his fastball even more difficult to hit. You know, and and uh, again, he's been he's been uh, good to us, and, and it's, it's been helping us out of the bullpen, and, and he's making big strides. Chatting with Ronaldo Ruiz, manager for the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Again, you've had a, a fair amount of turnover, and a kid who I think was injured early in his career has come up and really given you guys a lift in the rotation, and that's Zach Tragden. What, what has Zach done that's made him so impressive? Well, Zach, his command, uh, uh, the way he um, command all his pitches is impressive. You know, he's still young. He missed uh, a lot of time in the I.L., but, uh, you know, he's... Uh, he came back and he started pitching really well. He did a really nice job for uh, Hudson Valley, and then came here and he uh, he continues to do it, you know, really well on the mound. And like I said, the command of all his switches is impressive. With all the promotion you guys have had, again, it, it's kind of created opportunity for others too. I think Miller Hogan was uh, in the bullpen to begin the year for you guys, right? And he's now starting a whole lot, and it looks like he's kind of kept it going. Yeah, uh, Miller. Um, when he came to us, he started um, uh, with us in the bullpen, and, and little by little, he was uh, giving us really good outings. Uh, the first time out of the bullpen, he, he went three innings, and then uh, we need a starter 
and uh, one at some point in, in, the, in the season we had we needed a uh, starter. We used him and he gave us four innings, five innings, and all of a sudden now he's uh, he's uh, in a rotation now and, uh, and he's been pitching really well. He threw seven innings last time. He uh, pitched for us and, and, and been pitching really well. What's made him tough? What what does he do well? Well, he's, uh, um, you know, he's fastball. He can elevate the fastball. He throws 93, 94. He can elevate the fastball. And also, um, he got a split finger that is very, very effective. And also the curveball. The curveball, he's, um, he commands all those pitches for strike. And, 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 and the way he uh, can elevate the fastball and command uh, the, the, the top part of the, the strike zone with the fastball is impressive. And the, a guy who's been with you uh, pretty much all year has kind of been an anchor on your staff, Caleb Sampin. Um, how has he improved as the year has gone on, and, and how important has he been to the group? No, he's been, uh, since we got him, he's, uh, he's making a lot of strides. He's, uh, his command uh, has gotten better, and also the, the, the velocity on his fastball is uh, um, you know, going up and, and helping him uh, uh, to, to, you know, to uh, dominate the league. Uh, definitely, he's uh, making a lot of strides, and 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 you know uh, the curveball is uh, got a good curveball, and also the cutter, the cutter, he's, he command his cutter really well. Want to touch on a couple of position players too, as we chat with Ronaldo Ruiz again, the manager for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, Jonathan Aranda. Uh, I know he missed some time early in the year too, but it looks like since he's gotten the chance to play regularly, he's played very well for you. Yeah, since we got him, he's. Uh, you know he's been swinging the bat really well. He and he has not stopped. Um, he's uh, he playing. Um, he's been playing a lot. He's been playing more often. Um, and uh, you know he's been uh, in 43 games and he's been swinging the bat really good. 153 at bats with uh, 46 hits and going three home runs, 27 RBIs. So that's he's he's been uh, he's been really uh, a good addition to our offense. And one of the more experienced players who seems to be what a key to your lineup, Ford Proctor. Yeah, Ford Proctor's making a lot of strikes since the beginning of the season. You know, and, and he's a solid player and defensively. He can play multiple positions in the infield. He can play short. He's been playing shortstop since I wonder left, and but he can play shortstop, uh, second base, third base, and uh, he's a solid player. He, you know, he will he secures the ball. He's going to make all the routine outs and. and and also offensively, he's been um, he's our lead of that, and, and he's uh, in 105 games. He's, you know, he's been doing a really good job uh, as, a, as a as a lead of that. How important is that to a group at this level to just have kind of a college guy to settle down the lineup and be able to set a tone in games? Well, it's very important, you know, because uh, the key to, uh, um, to 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 get to a big league is consistency. Once they start learning how to be consistent, that they they getting close to be a big league player. Well, Ronaldo, we wish you a lot of luck down the stretch. Uh, we appreciate some time on this week in Rays baseball, and hopefully the next time we chat, we're talking about you guys getting to the playoffs. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. And that is Rays A-ball manager Ronaldo Ruiz of Bowling Green. The Hot Rods are a game up in the division with two weeks to go. Now, most of those players in Bowling Green are still several years from potentially seeing the majors. In terms of that group, well, perhaps there's a Willie Adamas down there. Willie's evolved quite quickly defensively this year, becoming really one of the top flight defenders in the second half in the big leagues. And I asked Rodney Lenaris, who works with the infielders in addition to coaching third, what it's meant to see Willie make this jump. Really proud, uh, not only the way he's grown as uh, 
just defensively, but overall as a player, uh, he's more mature. I think for the most part, what the goal was just to make sure that he understood that uh, you can't take plays off. It's it's an everyday thing, and you know uh, I'm really proud about the way he's going about his business. What are the characteristics when you first saw him that made him potentially a good shortstop, and where are the areas in terms of plays and his adjustments that have grown the most? I think for the most part, it was uh, first it was like just reports and what guys were saying about him and what he did, uh, what wasn't working for him uh, the year before, uh, so last year, and then just being around him in spring training and watching him, watching his actions and kind of devising a plan of what we were going to do during the season. I think, uh, you know, he's fluid with his actions. He's got plus range. He's got a plus arm. I think last year he made uh, double-digit errors and throwing you know, so this year we really, uh, our first uh, order was to make sure that we got the throwing down. Uh, it took us a while. He had a lot of uh, bad habits. He had to break out. But, you know, I'm again, I'm really proud about the way he's gone about it. And, and you know, over the last, like, month and a half, uh, the growth that I've seen is encouraging for next year. Give our fans an idea as to the habits he had and the drills that you guys used to help break them. I think for the most part, the the – he had one of the weirdest bad habits uh, as far as an infielder goes, which is he had a tendency to, to kind of look to the right every time he caught the ball when he was going to throw to the left. Like, as soon as you catch the ball, first base is on, on your left. He had a tendency to look to the right. It took him an extra second to watch him video and kind of, like, assessing it. He still does it a little bit sometimes, especially when he wants to get a little cocky with, with plays. Uh, but uh, I think that was the, that was one of the main things that we did. And then, you know, just making sure that he bought into the drills that we were bringing in day in, day out. Like I put him on a program where we were using racquetballs and we used a soft pad uh, just to get his hands activated and make sure that he understood that, uh, like, we, we get so, as infielders, we get so, uh, I would say, not we don't get concerned with using our hands because we have a glove. So the, what the, what the uh, racquetballs do with him is just making sure that he's using his fingers and that he feels the ball going into the glove since he's not, he doesn't have a glove on. And then all the other things are first step quickness and all, all that stuff. And then the throwing was like, I would say like the hardest thing because he has such a good arm, uh, but he had a tendency to say a lot because he uses a lot of different angles, which you have to do when you play shortstop. You have to throw the... the the ball from different angles but I think trying to find the consistent release point and the angle by him moving his feet I think that's been the, the biggest thing the biggest adjustment he's had to make and he's uh, he's done a really good job of it your last point is one I always hear and that is you really throw as an infielder with your feet how much better has, has his footwork become because it seems like now you almost are surprised if his throw is not accurate yeah, I think you do, as an infielder, you do everything from down from the ground up. Like, you, the first thing that goes is your feet. First step, but then after you catch the ball, you have to move your feet, set him up to make a throw. I think, again, like, he's, he's such a gifted athlete. A lot of people don't realize how young he is. He's still, you know, he's like a year and a half removed from playing, like, uh, uh, high, high uh, you know, triple A and, 
and up here uh, baseball like that's that's not easy to do uh, he's doing it at a time where there's a lot of young a lot of kids that have come up that are really really good also but he has a chance to be one of those guys too but again just making sure that that he understood that everything is it's about being consistent it's not about I, 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 I use an analogy all the time with him is that you know I, I want the cake I don't want icing on the cake he like he, he he was flashy he wanted to do the backhand I'm like if you catch 10 ground balls that are hit straight to you the one that's on the backhand the beautiful play the one that everybody thinks that that doesn't win us championships the, the other 10 are the ones that do and he's bought into it and he's done a good job of both because he makes the the really spectacular plays too the last two months has he been i mean kevin has brought it up has he been a gold glove caliber infielder in your mind the way he's played no question there's no question in my mind that you know you, you're seeing flashes of probably uh, his maturity coming up and and also you got to remember he plays every day and he struggles so bad uh, during the month of uh, June and mid-June to July where it was like he was striking out a lot he was really frustrated but the one thing that was constant that he, he would come out and do his work he actually comes and gets me a lot of the times now which is kind of good and I told him yesterday that you know I was really proud of him uh, for doing that but but again yeah I think gold glove uh, caliber defense when, when you have guys like him and Kim Kiermaier Wendell and Janino and Darno up the middle you, you, you're pretty solid and that's Rodney Linares, the race third base coach and infield instructor on one Willie Adamas, who is among the top defensive shortstops right now in the American League. Now, Adamas yesterday had his first ever bobblehead in the majors. Andrew Kittredge started the week by being back home, the first time he had worn a major league uniform in Seattle. I mean, it was an awesome experience um, being back in that stadium that I grew up watching games in and uh, just kind of in that environment where I really kind of developed a love of baseball was, was pretty exciting for me. And... You know, having my family be there and, and everything, it was uh, it was pretty cool. What did it, or who did it mean more to you or your family, do you think? I don't know. That's tough. I mean, all my family has been very supportive of me throughout the years in pro ball and, and even before then. And, and um, that's a tough question to answer. I think, I think it's probably a tie. How many tickets did you have to take care of while you were there? And, and what did it mean just to be able to help people out who obviously done a lot for you? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it was anywhere anywhere from 25 to 30 each night we were there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to, you know, make that happen for the people that have always kind of been there for me. And uh, it was um, fun to be, be there and have all my family and friends there, too, uh, even though I didn't get to throw that series. What would the adrenaline been like to do that for you? Pretty good, probably. Um, you know, I do – I try so hard to – to calm myself when I'm on the mound, um, you know, that might have been an adventure trying to calm my nerves and stuff back home. But, um, yeah, it would, it would have definitely been uh, adrenaline rush pitching there, but hopefully I would have been able to, to stay pretty calm. You've put up pretty darn good numbers since you've been back here. What have you been most proud of? Just probably bouncing back from last year. I mean, last year, I mean, it was a terrible year. <laughs> um, I think the numbers kind of speak for that. And, you know, I'm proud to kind of bounce back from that. I know I've, you know, people have said that I've kind of reinvented myself or changed a lot of things. You know, I've probably from the, the usage of my pitches, that's probably the, the biggest change in throwing a lot more fastballs than I used to. And, and adding the sinker this year was has been huge. But, uh, yeah, I think probably that's the thing that I'm most proud of is bouncing back from what was such a bad year last year and then turning it around.
What has the work then that you did with driveline in the offseason done for you, and how have you used it this year? Well, I mean, the, the velocity has gone up. You know, I don't know if there's a direct correlation with that, but but I think there probably is. And then I think it just kind of cleaned up my mechanics a little bit, you know, helped me get in a better position to throw the ball on a more consistent basis, and I think that's probably been uh, a major key to my throwing well this year so and as a family man now what has that meant to your life and how do you think it's helped you maybe be able to move past an outing off the field I think it definitely does help I mean going home to a two-month-old baby boy is is always going to put a smile on my face um you know I think I've always done a pretty good job of of trying not to take baseball home with me Uh, you know if I have a bad outing or a rough game or whatever you know, I try to to leave that at the field and and be the same guy that I that I leave when I go home. Be the same guy that when I left that morning or whatever. So, uh, you know, it definitely does help though because it's hard to be in a bad mood around around my little guy. So that helps a lot. And that's Andrew Kittredge, who has certainly helped the bullpen a lot in his latest end with the Rays at 38 strikeouts and 28 innings that I'm sure will be asked upon today. We want to thank Andrew Kittredge and all the guests on the program today, including third base coach and infield instructor Rodney Linares, along with reliever Nick Anderson, our featured guest, Doug Wachter of Fox Sports Sun for dropping by, as well as former USF standout and now AA Montgomery Biscuit, Shane McClanahan, as well as the manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods, that being Ronaldo Ruiz. Hey, if you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. Hey, take advantage of $2 kids tickets before the end of the summer. The race hosting the Mariners tomorrow night and Tuesday. And both games have $2 tickets for fans 14 and under with the purchase of a full-price adult ticket. For more information, go to racebaseball.com slash specials. On the program next week, Brendan McKay and a whole lot more. Special thanks to my producer, Derek DuBose. Neil Solon saying stay tuned. The pregame show is next. This is the Race Baseball Network.